Hello, and welcome to the Emerald Podcast Network. I'm Emerson Malone. I'm a writer for the Emerald. This is a special double-take edition of the Emerald Podcasts. If you don't know what a double-take is, it's a review in which we have two writers offer their different takes on a certain thing, whether it's an album, TV show, film, or a piece of pie, something of the like. Today we're cutting into a big piece of pie called The Revenant, which just snagged a whole bunch of top awards at the Golden Globes, which is, of course, a pie awards ceremony where all these bakers and producers of pie come together, congregate, and give awards to the best pie of the year. With me here in the studio, we have two writers who went to go see The Revenant and walked out with, fair to say, equally passionate but very different opinions. Um, I haven't seen it but I love getting stuff spoiled for me. Would you please introduce yourselves? My name's Craig Wright. I uh, was not a fan of the movie, per se. Okay, my name was Mira Powell. I was a big fan of the movie. I haven't seen the movie. Can you give me a brief description without giving away too much? Well, Emerson, I will say I did invite you, and you showed up late, and it sold out. So let's. Not only did the first showing sold out, but the second showing I tried to go through sold out. You're and right. the third showing I tried to go to sold out. Fair enough. So, already I have a pretty troubled relationship <laughs> with this movie. <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> Give me a rundown of what the movie's about without giving away too much. I will say the commercial, gives the theatrical preview gives away a lot. It does, yeah. Um, I agree. If I go too far, stop me. But basically, 1823, stop. I believe it is. Oh, <laughs> well, okay, I'm sorry. Spoiled the whole movie. I didn't know that when I watched <laughs> yeah. it, so okay, well, let me retry. They're a fur trading company mm-hmm. in 1823, and the movie starts with a really great scene about a Native American tribe attacking the fur company, and very few of the company survive, and they're forced to go up the river and find a new way home. And after a little while, something happens to Leo, which, Mira, would you like to... I don't know how far I'm going to this. Yeah, uh, Leo gets injured. I saw something happen in the trailer that would give me a clue to what we're talking about, but yes. I don't want to explicitly say okay, it. Okay, yeah. I, but I, don't I, know if I would say, <laughs> I think we're all thinking of the same thing. But yeah, yes. he, he gets seriously injured in some way. Um so his his fellow fur traders have to continue on. They build like a makeshift stretcher for him, um, and they are kind of trying to help him out. But they're trying to carry him over a mountain, yeah. And so clearly that can be troublesome. Mm-hmm. So they have to decide to either take him or leave him, and they uh, make their decision. They make yes. their decision. Yes, and we'll <coughs> just say Tom Hardy is the bad guy. Yeah, and Leo sets out for revenge against him. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about Alejandro Gonzalez and Yuritu, the very, very, very famous Mexican director, along with, we got Leo DiCaprio in the lead role, and we have superstar cinematographer Emmanuel Lubezki as the director of photography, and Emmanuel Lubezki and Yuritu obviously work together on Birdman, um... Craig, you also didn't like Birdman. Mira, you apparently have not I seen have Birdman. Not seen it. Um, Mira, give me your give me a few sentences on what you thought about um, the Revenant. Um, well, I guess the first thing that really um, stuck out for me was the cinematography. So I was a real big fan of just like 
I don't know, the kind of like setting the scene for the movie. So the very broad open landscapes, the like desolate kind of like it kind of gave a scope of like the danger that Leo's character had to face throughout the movie, as well as like, I don't know, I was reading some interviews like with the cast itself, like the actual danger that they faced uh, filming the movie. So, yeah, I don't know. I really enjoyed the cinematography yeah, I read an interview, I think it was in Wired with Leo DiCaprio, where they're talking about how perilous the filming alone was mm-hmm. and how it's like it was just super brutal conditions and just very cold and he's running around Alaska or wherever barefoot. And apparently they had to like after each take warm up all of his like appendages and limbs that just like ran through the woods or <laughs> through a creek or whatever with this octopus hair dryer to warm up his <laughs> limbs because <laughs> he was going to get frostbite yeah they yeah. we were talking about this in one of my classes the other day apparently it was like negative 25 degrees for a few of the days shooting and in is it in yari too is that how you pronounce it he refused to shoot in anything but natural yeah, light yeah. so they had very limited spaces <laughs> that they could film per day so they had to they had to go for it. Yeah, so. what's really weird is that if you're only using natural light and you want to have, like, a very realistic setting and you're up in the northern hemisphere, that means you're only going to get, like, a few hours mm-hmm. of daylight per exactly. day. And they were hiking miles in sometimes and hadn't, had to get there early, stay cold, <laughs> keep the set there, and then go home when it was dark. So yeah. didn't sound like a fun movie to shoot. Mm-mm. You didn't like it, Craig. I I will say it's a good movie. I can't deny that it is a good movie, but it is a style that I cannot back. Because to me, the main issue I had is the camera work, and it was the same in Birdman too. Like I I respect Birdman too. <laughs> I really respect Inuritu as a filmmaker. I think it's great that he does innovative stuff that makes people see like, wow, he's doing really interesting things with the camera. But I personally just don't like his style. I've been called an idiot for saying I don't like Birdman by multiple people. I've offended many more for saying it, but it's just, he's a director that people just gravitate to. Like I, Emerson, the first time I told you I didn't like Birdman, you tried to kick me out of the table. Well, why that. is that? We were at Rennie's <laughs> and we were eating cheesy tots and you basically told me to get out before you could hurt me. I've never seen a movie from Emmanuel Lubezki that I didn't, um, love through and through so that's why i have a hard time um processing your just intense hatred for all of these movies that we're talking about i will say i hated the story of birdman too there were parts that were great like the scene when he shows up in the theater after getting locked out that was brilliant but that's the thing like there are shades of brilliance in everything he does but it just never fully gets there for me so, like, what specifically don't like you like about the like cinematography, is it mostly, the camera style? Is it that like it's? Do you think it's attempting to be too visceral and like in the moment? Like, oh, this is it's Oscar bait, is what it this is. This is Leo DiCaprio <laughs> crawling through the dirt. It's so in your face that you can't ignore the camera work, and that's why he wins awards because just <laughs> most people have subtlety in their movies. Within your E2, everything is just in your face. It's like you notice everything, like the symbolism. Wow, it's so great. But that's because it's so blatantly obvious. I can't spoil it, but there's a scene. Okay, I'll stop there. Um, <laughs> I see, this is tough without spoilers. We'll talk after you see it, Emerson. But I saw it coming from a mile away personally, and 
I made a joke about Star Wars right before it happened that happened to be correct. And I, it was just one of those moments where it was like, it was a forehead slapper, like they actually did that. But the scene that got to me the most was right after Leo has been abandoned and he's laying there alone in the dirt. And the camera moves up so close to his face that he actually starts breathing on the camera lens. Oh, yeah. And it fogs it up. Now, to me, that just shattered the fourth wall entirely. Yeah, they did that a couple times. Three times. Yeah. It wasn't once. It's a (laughs) three-time gimmick. Not only did it not work once, but it didn't work the other two times either. Now, I get that it's, what, negative 20 degrees when they're filming. Maybe it was an accident, but (laughs) I have a feeling it was very intentional. And stuff like that, it just calls the attention to the camera and like at that point I actually just looked around and was like oh yeah we're at a movie it because for a while I was seriously like whoa okay this is a cool movie like they've got me but that just shattered it for me and from then on I was watching for what the camera does and the entire time it's just trying so hard to win awards like I could be the only one who thinks this I know my brother does as well he pointed it out to me and once you watch for it it's so obvious I would say it definitely, it wasn't like, oh, the camera got too close to Leo's mouth and you just sort of fogged up the lens because um, with a lot of uh, Lubeski's work, the camera is its own independent character. It is the star. I don't know if you guys watched Children of Men. Was that him? I love that movie. Okay. I love that movie. Okay. You love that movie. I do. I don't know how often they employ the long take in The Revenant, if ever. A lot. But, I mean, it was big in Birdman. It was big in Children of Men in Gravity, which Lubeski also did. I love that as well. And there's a part in Children of Men where, like, the camera becomes basically just a device within the scene itself. So there's, like, someone who's shot or something and blood gets on the lens and it remains on the lens for like three minutes yeah they do that mm-hmm. multiple do times well. in the revenue yeah. yeah it bugged me like anytime <laughs> someone sweats it's like that's gonna be on the camera and and there's a lot of drooling in the movie which i mean yeah it, it was a good touch because like oh they're they're in the wilderness trying to survive they're not gonna care what they look like. like there's a scene where tom hardy just has this giant i think it was just snot dripping down his face and i think he turns and it's either that or spit ends up on the camera lens and it just feels like a windshield it's like it's just a character that's there to cover you from the elements because you know you're not actually there because it's so obvious that it's a movie. Did any of this add or subtract it for you, Mira? I mean, I I guess I just didn't really look into it as much as you did. That's I don't, the thing. I mean like I don't know. I really liked the cinematography for like I don't know, it's element of like realism and like kind of brutal realism see to me it shattered the realism that's why i didn't like it is it because it broke the fourth wall yeah and it i don't know to me it's like because i was engrossed in the movie for a bit but then it was just done like it's like it's really they're doing that i mean i would say like when i watch children of men and like blood gets on the lens it's like it's it's an interesting like choice they make and it breaks the fourth wall and it sort of takes me out of it but i feel like it's instantly forgivable given Mm -hmm just the immense amount of obsessive detail that went into the rest of the production. See, I never noticed it in Children of Men, which is the thing, because it kind of seems like an accident there. In this, it was just obvious that, like, they're going for this shot. Like, Leo's going to breathe on the camera five times, and then 
It's it, I just couldn't shake it because then I was watching for it. And so it just distracted me from the movie. So I was like, okay, what's the camera going to do here? Oh, there's a 20-second long shot of, you know, this. And like, oh, here's another scene of the, the vast landscapes filled with snow. And it just felt like planet Earth to me. So you didn't appreciate the natural beauty? It's beautiful, but the movie was 30, maybe 40 minutes too long. Would you say it was a appropriate length? I mean, I would say it was an appropriate length. I okay. I don't know. I just, I liked the whole, like, really setting the scene, like, constantly reminding like the viewer where leo is in all of this and like how vast the landscape is and how much he has to get through to like get back to his like fort but i don't know that's fair but i it's just every scene started and ended with a, a, a nature shot i felt like it's like oh look the trees are still icy <laughs> this is an irrelevant point but i'm gonna make it anyway did you either of you see the martian I haven't seen The Martian. Okay. No. Sorry, Mira. Um, that's something... It's funny that you, you peg that as like um, a grievance with this movie because I wish they did that more in The Martian because this is Matt Damon who's... See, spoiler alert, <laughs> stuck on Mars. Oof. But I feel Can't like in The Martian, anymore. it would make sense because his only companion is the computer he's talking to, which they film a lot of the scenes through. Right. So that would have made sense to me, but it's not like... I realize whoa. I'm critiquing the Martian here, but they, <laughs> there weren't hardly any like wide angle landscape establishing shots to like fully illustrate this person's isolation mm-hmm. and just the degree of how nature is actively trying to kill him like at I, any moment. I, I agree with that. Yeah. You feel like it didn't have the same sort of effect in the revenant no because you just beat over the head with it you just realize like oh he's still alone oh still alone there's a frozen river must be cold let's get a wide shot of that wait can we get a close-up of leo's face to see if he's in pain he's still in pain and it was just it just felt like they're holding your hand through it and it just seems like a movie that high schoolers are going to write papers on for decades because the symbolism is so blatant that you just have to point to it and it'll be like oh well here's where this happens yeah, you can watch. I did that film. with Shaun of the Dead with the Hero's Journey. It's a great choice. Nice. That's that's beat for beat the Hero's Journey. Like I, I wrote about El Mariachi, Robert I, Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez, yeah. Did you ever write a paper on the Hero's no, Journey? I did not. <laughs> I feel like I did, but not for a movie. Like I feel like I did this for like Hamlet, <laughs> like not anything fun. So so he got best actor. Did Inaritu get best director? Mm-hmm. He did, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> Um, I I only saw part of the uh, DiCaprio's acceptance speech, but I saw none of it. He thanks the indigenous people. Yeah, yeah. Is, um, is are they the people who killed his son? Mm. Is he hunting Native it's, Americans it's on here? The, it's on the commercial. No, mm-hmm. they are. They have a separate goal in the movie. Yeah, like they're after something as well. Leo's after. Revenge. Revenge against a certain character, and it's on the commercial. If you watch it, yeah, yeah, you know what Tom Hardy does. But no, he's he, Leo is not after the Native Americans. No. They, they, they kind of. I doubt he would have agreed to this movie if it had been just a, like, let's hunt indigenous people. <laughs> I was watching Avatar, by the way. That's a straight up racist movie. Yeah, that's true. that's straight up yeah. Pocahontas. <laughs> it literally is. Yeah. <laughs> James Cameron walked out of Pocahontas and was like, 
I'm going to do this, but with alien planets. Exactly. And then he was just waiting for the technology to catch up. But really, we're talking about The Revenant. Um, Mira, since I keep trying to peg a movie that you've seen, but it seems like all the equivalent ones are falling flat. Seriously. Is there like a movie experience or like a similar movie that you can name that is like like The Revenant? Oh, man. Um even if, know, it, if I mean, it's like a survival, like just trial gritty of the human spirit. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I don't really have one movie in mind, but it, I mean, it's pretty much every like revenge flick, some sort of avenging a loved one's death. But I don't know. This take is a lot more like gritty than other films that I've seen. So, yes, you should see it. <laughs> yeah, you should see it. Okay. You yeah, think I should see it too? Board. I think everyone should see it because everyone's going to like it but me. That's the That's thing. True, like, honestly. It's probably going to win Best Picture. He's going to win Best Director. Leo's probably finally going to get Best Actor. Tom Hardy wasn't nominated for the Golden Globe, which is a crime because he was by far the best part of that movie. Was the bear nominated? The bear was not, but there was honestly, a Twitter scandal with the bear. <laughs> there was? It, it was false. You didn't hear about that? No. There was a rumor going around on Twitter before it came out that Leo gets raped by the bear. Yeah, and I heard that rumor as well. Yeah, they actually had to come out and say, um, no, that's Mm-mm. not true at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, I will say it deserves the Oscar for sound. I Rarely do I leave a movie and go, holy crap, that movie sounded amazing. Yeah. Like, actually, really I, weirdly enough, had that same uh, feeling while I was watching A Force Awakens. I was like, the sound yeah. mixing that's in this valid. is like... Yeah. A plus. See, but that's that's mainly like computer effects, though. This yeah. was like you're alone and you hear like a twig branch break behind you, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I know exactly where that was. Like you just yeah. the sound. If you close your eyes, you feel like you're there. And I will say they nailed the sound. It probably will win best cinematography. I'll argue that that's fair. It it looks great. It does look great, but it's just the actual camera work. I'm not a fan of using the camera as the star of the movie. And it did it in Birdman as well. People loved it. I didn't. People don't love me in return. (laughs) How's that? Um, Daniel wrote a piece. Daniel Brownfield over at the Emerald wrote a piece about the ambient, Japanese ambient duo who did the soundtrack, the score for The the Revenant. Did you guys notice it? Did it sort of like fade into the backdrop? I noticed it at points. Um, It wasn't like, I don't know, it wasn't too obvious, but it, I think it brought a good amount to the film because it seems like if this movie's at all costs trying to remain as like naturalistic and raw as possible so the idea of like hiring this ambient duo to sort of score it compels me i didn't notice it thinking back i don't remember a single instance of music in it Mm. so they did their job of blending in Mm -hmm. that was what they were hired to do closing thoughts I really liked this film. I don't know what to say. Um, I don't know. I just, I really liked this film a lot. Um, I just, I felt like the camera acted a lot as, not as a way to break reality, but it more so put me in the film more. Um, So I don't know. It kind of brought me closer into the film rather than kind of dividing me from the film. But yeah, I don't know. I really liked the kind of brute reality that... um, the film used and I the film was very violent to say the least and I kind of think that actually added a lot to that reality as well 
again, I just think it was it's kind of like going to an aquarium. You know, you see it's like, wow, there's a whole world right there. But then you run into the, the glass. It's like, oh, yeah, that's not my world. So that to me, it killed it for me. But I have to admit, it is a good movie. It's worth seeing. Just don't be an asshole like me and you'll like it. And <laughs> case solved. Great. That was that was double takes. That's, this has been the Emerald Podcast Network. I'm Emerson Malone. That's Craig Wright. That's Mira Powell over there. Thanks, everybody. Rest in peace, David Bowie. Star Man. Everybody. Take it, Emerson. All of you. I'm going to spend the next four minutes. If you guys could leave, I'm going to sing Star Man.